Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show. I am Elliot Shore Parks here with Zach. And Zach, I don't know about you, but so far at training camp, it's been an emotional roller coaster for me. And I'm sure it has been for Eagles fans as well. So I'm excited to kind of get back in front of the microphone, get a little therapy going, and talk about what these first six practices have been like uh, down at the NovaCare. Yeah, it's been this is my first training camp. It's been exciting to kind of get the, get in the swing of things and, and uh, die in that humidity that, that occasionally pops through. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's been fun. There's been good crowds pretty much every day, and there's, there's surprisingly a decent amount to talk about considering the, how, how few holes they have on this roster. Yeah, that has been one thing that's been a takeaway, like how talented this team really is. Now, obviously they have some holes, which we've talked about. Think back of offensive lines an issue. A lot of uncertainty at depth at uh, a lot of uncertainty at linebacker, but I do think there's some potential there. I think the secondaries looked really good. Defensive line obviously is good. Um, I think they should be pleased with how the receivers have looked. I mean, not having Alshon out there, you have a little bit of an incomplete picture. But overall it's looked good. But clearly the thing we have to talk about and this is what's been the emotional roller coaster, I think, is Carson Wentz. So, I thought we were going to say Jordan Matthews, actually. Oh, well, <laughs> I've not yet released my official statement on the release of Jordan Matthews <laughs> from the Patriots. But needless to say, my initial take on that is just the comeback will be televised elsewhere. It'll just make it a it'll just it'll just make it a better story when he comes back from this too. So no, in all seriousness, I hope he gets healthy and all that. Yeah. And my Twitter mentions are already blowing up. So don't worry, I'm well aware of the release of Jordan Matthews. But I, I think everybody told you at uh, practice today. Yeah, it was basically breaking news across the field. Um, all right, but here's why I think with Went so far, and I'm happy we're actually recording this podcast today as opposed to two days ago because Doug talked today, and I do think he did a good job kind of explaining what's going on if you take him at his word. So basically what Doug said, uh, you know, Wentz for the first three days of practice was doing a ton of drills, a ton of 11 on 11, even during hitting, hitting session, not hitting, but even during practice with pads on. He uh, was working with the first team. He was taking almost around the same amount of first team reps as Foles. So everything seemed to be pointing up and like it was going to be fine. And then the last three days, he's seen a dramatic cut in his snaps. He only took eight today, no 11 on 11s. He took, I think, a total of 12 over the last two practices and no 11 on 11. So, you know, I do think that it was starting to show, okay, maybe this guy isn't 100% healthy. Doug talks today um, on Wednesday and says, you know what, I liked what I saw from him at the beginning of camp, but I just, so I just felt the need to pull him back. So what is your takeaway on just kind of what you've seen from Wentz riding the roller coaster? Like, what, what's your opinion on all this? You know, I, I still kind of lean towards him playing in week one, but I'm maybe a little less sure than we were a week or two ago. But I don't know, it just seems strange because, you know, one thing Peterson's kept going back to is that they have a plan. He, mm-hmm. they, he hasn't divulged what that plan is, so he could kind of say that to pretty much anything we ask him if you think about it. Right. And uh, and yeah, I, I just think it's a little suspicious that he, you know, he got up to the point of playing uh, eleven on eleven with the first team, and then all of a sudden they sit him out three straight days. But he's still doing some seven on sevens and some other stuff. So like, is he okay enough to play? Is he not? Like, I, 
I, I mean, I, I guess he's limited right now is what they're probably going with, but right. I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's a little strange. Uh, I'd, I'd be more concerned if it keeps happening, if it goes beyond three days, then I think we could start like questioning what's going on, but I, maybe it is a scheduled maintenance. It, I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really say, but yeah, I, I, I would say my, my percentage confidence that he's playing week one is lower though. I still think he's going to. What percentage are you at? Hmm. Put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I say I'm at 60% that he plays. Oh, wow. So you're much lower than me. So I'm, I'm at like 90% still. I was at 100% a few days ago. And the thing I think you'll learn about me the more we do these is like I can be pretty gullible when it comes to stuff. <laughs> so, so to me, like I understand why you would be skeptical of what Doug said. But I do think it kind of makes some sense. Like we saw him in 11 on 11s. There was that one moment, and Doug didn't say this, but there was that one moment where, you know, defensive lineman got kind of close to his knee and there was that. And he looked great. And we all agreed he looked great. And so it kind of makes sense. If you're Doug, you're like, well, I know he's healthy. There's no reason to put him at risk to hits. And I think Doug thinks he's going to play in week one. He said today, you know, we can start preparing him later on. So... I guess like it's it sounds silly to say, but I'm kind of like, why would they lie? Like, what 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 incentive yeah. does he have to go up there and just make everything up? Like, I mean, if they actually think he's not going to be ready, they're not doing a good job setting those expectations. Because fair or not, what the public thinks about his ability to play in week one will dictate the reaction when he does or doesn't. And a large part of what dictates public's re- reaction to stuff is the information the reporters give him. And Almost all the reporters have been saying, yeah, he looks great. He looks great. Doug himself agreed that you wouldn't be able to tell he was injured if you didn't know other than the brace. So the Eagles have not been keeping expectations down for Carson. But so it's, it's kind of like today. Why would why would they do that? So I took I do take Doug at his word. Maybe that's a dangerous thing to do. But I'm still high on thinking that Wentz will play. I mean, like I said, 90 percent. You know, maybe if I really wanted to get skeptical, eighty-five, but I'm much higher than the sixty percent. Yeah, maybe that was a little low, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think you said, why would he lie? I don't even know if he necessarily would be lying because he, he has kind of said it's the plan, but he by not revealing the plan, I mm-hmm. think that 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 gives him a lot of leeway to kind of go up there and, and kind of dictate how, where the conversation goes. And I don't know. It, maybe it, it's in part because Carson wants everyone to think that he is going to be back for week one and he thinks he's going to, and maybe on the Eagles end, they, I'm, I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist or anything, right? but, but I, I don't know. I, I just think the, there, there is a possibility he doesn't play week one. Uh, I mean, on the, on the flip side of the Nick Foles doesn't look great in practice. So I don't know if that means much, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be something that we're going to be talking about every day. There's going to be over-analysis each time he says something. Doug's getting increasingly frustrated when the questions are asked, as yeah. you can tell. I think there were like four or five back-to-back by the oh, fifth way, one. Oh, way more than four or five. <laughs> well, so, well, someone well, I, someone like tried cutting in with a different question, and then somebody else went right back to it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can just tell his frustration that the questions keep getting asked. I'm not sure if that means anything. But, yeah, it, it, this is just something that's not going to go away, even if Doug wants it to. No, I mean, if you're going to go off who should play in week one based off of just how they've looked in practice, <laughs> I mean, then you're, you're talking Nate Sudfeld. I think Sudfeld, I don't I don't think Foles is Joe Callahan's looking pretty good. Yeah, Joe Callahan's looked pretty good too. I think that today's practice for Wentz was better. I think he certainly had his moments. But when you start to look at Wentz just as a quarterback and not as, you know, recovering, recovering from the ACL, I just think how he's actually played, not taking his health aside, I don't think he's been great overall. Like, he certainly has had some moments – but I don't believe that he's looked like that MVP from last year. So I do kind of think that he's going to need some reps sooner or later. Like 
I mean, whether that's before Atlanta, obviously he needs those, whether that's before the third preseason game. But right now, I mean, he is not getting any reps with the first team. I, mean, I, I have it right here. So Foles has done 90. He's taken 90 reps with the first team offense in 11 on 11. Wentz has only taken 11. Overall, Foles has taken 128 reps with the first team offense. Wentz has taken 23. Now, obviously, like first team offense can be a bit of a vague term because they do shuffle those guys in and out. Yeah. But I mean, the reality is Wentz isn't isn't getting a ton of reps with the guys that are going to play in Week One. He's not getting almost any reps with the first team offensive line, and so I do think sooner or later that could end up being an issue. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I it it's just going to be you know if it will I think we'll learn a lot based on if he goes tomorrow or not because four straight days is quite a bit. Yeah. Coming off of you know three straight days of pl- playing more than he ha- than he has these days, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Doug Doug didn't rule it out. Um, he was asked if he if Wentz won't do any eleven on elevens, and that's the funny thing about how they decide this stuff. So it's kind of like, all right, well, you don't want to risk Wentz to being hurt, and I understand he's recovering, but in theory, he's you know ninety percent or whatever. All he has to do is clear for contact, but you do risk Foles out there who might have to start for you, and then he says. Well, he might do 11 on 11s later. Doesn't really rule out when or would he, like when he might or might not do it. But so it's like, so you're willing to risk him for contact tomorrow, but potentially on on Thursday, let's say, but you weren't on Wednesday. Like, so I'll just be very interested to see how they handle this because although I'm not as skeptical as some people are and I have a higher percentage than you do, I it is still kind of weird. So I think it's obviously something worth keeping track of, but we have a lot to talk about besides Wentz because even though it's a big sto- one of the biggest storylines, there's a lot going on with this team. And I wanted to kind of kick off. We're going to do a few different things. But the first thing I wanted to do was we have a, a question from a listener who left a review. And if, you, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, go subscribe. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on uh, the Apple App Store. We're on, we're on all the different places you can get uh, podcasts from. So Go subscribe and then leave a review. We'll answer it on the, on the podcast. This one is from Julius Bernard, and it is, which one of our running backs or wide receivers will have the best season? Um, do you want to take that first, or do you want me to? Wait, say that again. Which one of our running backs or wide receivers will have the best season? Is that what he, said? That what yeah. he asked? Yep, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, the first name that comes to my mind, if I'm just basing it off training camp, I would say Nelson Aguilar. I think okay. – I, maybe that's extreme because uh, he is the number two receiver technically, uh, but we don't know Alshon's health. And I just think he just seems like he's gotten – I mean, last year going into this time, could we ever have imagined that he'd be as good as he is? And ha- he's kind of dominated at times. You know, he's had some – I know you wrote a little bit about this. He's had some battles with Sidney Jones. Mm-hmm. There was one catch he had where it looked like Sidney Jones was going to either pick it off or knock it down, and Nelson kind of reached over him and caught it anyway. And right. he, he's, he's just playing with a confidence that I don't think we saw a couple of years ago when he was already being called a bust. And I, I think he's a favorite target of both Nick Foles and uh, Carson Wentz. And I, I just I just think he could be in store for a really good season, especially if uh, Alshon Jeffrey is banged up for some or most of the year. Through the first six days of camp, Aguilar has 19 catches, the most of anybody on the roster regardless of position. He has been targeted 22 times, the most of any position on the roster. And he has four touchdowns, more, which is at the, tied with Goddard for the lead um, on the team and considerably more than everybody else. So... He has absolutely dominated. Um, I'll take a I'll take a running back because I do agree with you on on Aguilar. It's it's interesting because I think the easy answer is Ajayi, but you know the Eagles haven't run the ball a ton so far. I mean, you just don't run it as much in training camp practices. 
But Ajayi has nine carries, Clement has nine carries, and Sproles has seven so far. So it's been pretty evened out. They're, but, they're, but they're throwing the ball to Sproles and Clement way more. So I think by the end of the season, although I do believe Ajayi is going to be in for a big year, I think that Clement might end up with more total yards and maybe more touchdowns, but I think it's very tough to tell. I think, again, you're going to see a backfield that is pretty evenly distributed, even though they're calling Ajayi the number one back. I think in training camp, we've kind of learned that they're still going to go with that running back by committee. So, I, yeah, I agree on Aguilar, and I'll go with the Giant, and I'll go with Clement, a running back. Do you uh, do you agree with Clement? or? I don't know. I it, Mainly, I, I would say no, just because of I personally have just been so surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have been. It's a rookie move. I've been so surprised about how Darren Sproles has looked. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, I know it's just a couple days of training camp, and they only had 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 live hitting one day but I, I just think he's going to play a little bit of a bigger role than maybe people realize so i mm-hmm. i'm not sure what that means for clement or if that cuts into clement or if that cuts into jay Ajayi, but I, in my gut i say i feel like it cuts into clement's touches although he will be the future of their backfield so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that dynamic as it gets later in the season yeah when the eagles first brought sproles back i tweeted that i think he might lead the running backs in snaps and i've come off that a little but I think your point is is a good one. Like they, he's going to be on the field, he's going to play, and they like him so much in passing downs. They love him on third downs. They love him in the hurry up offense. So I do think there's still a chance he, you know, you see these snaps pretty evenly distributed. So, all right, if you're listening, go leave a review and a question, and we can answer it next week on the pod. But now let's get into a little game of true or false. So how we're gonna do this is, I've come up with some questions, you've come up with some questions, and. I'm going to ask you and you say whether it's true or false, and then we can, I'll let you know if I agree or not. And things will be a good way to kind of go through. I mean, there's been so much at camp to talk about, so I'm excited to get into it this way. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So I'll keep it with the running backs here. True or false, the Eagles will be keeping five running backs on the 53-man roster. I say false. All right. Why? Um, I just I – mean, I can see why they would, but I'm not sure that – They've had five guys who look ready to to play for this team right away. I, I think it's it seems pretty clear that Donnell Pumphrey is the number four guy as of right now. I think he has the highest ceiling out of you know the group that he's battling with uh, Wendell Smallwood, uh, Josh Adams, and Matt Jones. Uh, and I, I say four because I think they keep four and maybe they put Josh Adams on the practice squad because I think they like him quite a bit even if he's been banged up. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just I know they rotate running backs a lot and I, I and I know they started last year I think with five running backs, but I don't think that lasted very long. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think they have such a solid top three. And then you have the fourth, like, developmental guy and a practice squad guy. And I, I think that's plenty. I don't think in the modern NFL you need to have five running backs on your roster. And I think they could pick somebody up who gets cut off the scrap heap at some point if they have to, if somebody gets hurt again. So I don't feel strongly about this, but I'm leaning towards him taking five because obviously you're going to have Sproles, Ajayi, um, Clement. And then I agree with you, Pumphrey's number four. So when you get to the fifth spot, you have Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and Matt Jones as your, as your options there. Um, you know, like, Wendell Smallwood has touched the ball a ton at training camp, and I don't know if that's just because he's kind of like the sacrificial body that they don't want to risk the other guys to injury, but I think he's looked pretty good. He's a special teams player. Um, like you mentioned, they did start last season with five. I'm trying to think how long they had him. I guess they signed Kenyon after Sproles got hurt, so I think they were with four most of the season. But I think you can make the argument now that, you know, you have Pumphrey – um, and Wendell Small could help you on special teams, or if Josh Adams has a really good training camp, he could potentially be uh, be on there and saved. But I think he's more heading towards IR. Um, I I agree with your point that there's not a fifth one where you say, okay, we got to keep him. 
But I feel like one way or another, they're going to end up with five, which how much, with how much I think they're going to run the ball, how much they're going to target their running backs in the backfield. Um, I think they end up with a way to keep five. All right. I like it. All right. Uh, so my turn. Let's see. I'll go. Um, let's see. That, let's, true or false, Dallas Goddard uh, gets, catches five touchdowns this season. Ooh. I think, actually, I think that's a pretty easy one. I'm going true without a, without a doubt. I think if you would have asked me true without or false. Without a doubt, really. Well, I'll take you one further. I think if you would have asked me true or false, Goddard catches more touchdowns than Ertz, than Ertz I think that would have been a little bit of a question as well. I mean, they have been targeting Goddard a ton yeah. in, in, at training camp. He, has he, had four, five touch, he had five touchdowns on Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, he had very good practice on, uh, on Wednesday. He catches almost everything thrown his way, and it's really impressive the way he's able to move his body and kind of contort his body to, to come down with the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets. And the thing about Ertz is, I mean, I get it. So I do agree, true, that he's going to catch more than five because they, I think they're going to target him a ton in, in the red zone. They started to target Ertz more last year in the red zone. Um, I think he finished with eight touchdowns maybe, maybe a little less. But I think he did have – no, I think Aguilar had eight. But he had a better year touchdowns-wise than he has in the past. But uh, Trey Burton had five last year, and he barely played. So I think that Goddard is going to end up with five, over five. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yes, maybe I should have said a higher number, but I just, it, it's interesting because, you know, they haven't really had, they've had, you know, multiple tight ends out of town. They had Trey Burton and Brent Selleck the last few years, but they didn't really have like, and not I'm not saying Dallas Goddard's elite, but they didn't have like an amazing pass catcher as their number two guy for the last couple of years. And I, I just think he brings a different dynamic than they've had. And whoever plays quarterback to start out the season, assuming it's Carson Wentz, like they just have weapons all over the place. And, and Goddard, you know, Zach Ertz hasn't played a full season since 2014, so that kind of adds to it, too. Yeah, I think by the end of the year, you'll be looking at Goddard as one of the 10 best tight ends in the league. I think he is going to have a lot of, uh, you know, big impact on this offense. I still think Ertz is going to be the best tight end in the league, but I think Goddard is going to be really good. So, all right, true or false, the Eagles will have at least two punters kick for them in a game from here on out. So, you know, either in the preseason or in the regular season, they will have someone other than Cameron Johnson punt for them this year. In addition to Cameron Johnson, you're saying? Correct. So Cameron Johnson's one because I'm assuming he'll he'll make it to at least the first preseason game and he'll punt there. Yeah. Okay. For including preseason, then I'll say true because yeah. I through training camp I haven't been very confident in what he brings to the table. Uh, you know, he's shanked quite a few punts. I know he's pretty inexperienced, and it is a little weird that they haven't brought in a veteran, but maybe they just want to try out guys at other positions. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Donnie Jones back if they're, if they're not confident in Cameron Johnston, and I could see that happening right before the season, during preseason, or even after a couple weeks when Johns, if and when Johnson struggles. Yeah, that's the weird thing about them not bringing back Donnie Jones is that, I mean, if it's about the money, we're talking like four or $500,000 difference, maybe a little more. But even if it's like a million dollars difference, this is a team destined to win. You know, like they're built to win now. They're coming off the Super Bowl title. A bad punter, and I'm not saying Cameron Johnson is a bad punter, but a bad punter can really make things get ugly really quickly. Like you can't hide a bad punter. So um, I don't think Johnson has looked as bad in camp as other people do. Um, you know, from what he said, the coaches are very happy, happy with how he's kicked. They haven't brought someone else in, so... They must be pretty happy. Um, so I'm going to say false. I think I think Johnson ends up holding on to this job. And if he can get into week three or four, I think he's good to go at that point. So I'm going to say false. I think that uh, Cameron Johnson does win the job this year. All right. Fair enough. Exciting stuff. we got punter debates Exa- going on. Exactly. I, like, I love it. Must be training camp. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, then I got I got an interesting one. All right, true or false? Okay. If the if the regular if the cut down like if the roster cut down was today, the Eagles would keep seven cornerbacks. So this isn't factoring it if they trade somebody away. But if the season right. were to like start tomorrow, like are, do they keep seven corners? Okay, so your seven would obviously be Mills, Darby, Jones, Rasul, Avante Maddox. That's five. So and just then, corners. And Bowsby, Bowsby, and I mean it could be anybody, but Bowsby and Killings were the two. Okay, so you're not, you're not including safeties in this, just to be clear. No, just corners. Okay, well, I'm going with false then because I think that they will – I think they'll keep at least five, and then I think you'll de- the debate will be whether they keep Bosby or Killings. Um, Bosby's played well, but I think even just the last two days, and especially on Wednesday, you really saw Sidney Jones kind of start to take off, look good, and get a majority of those snaps at nickel. I think he is actually going to end up playing on the outside, and Jalen Mills will move into the nickel, but regardless, they'll both be on the roster – the top three guys in terms of snaps are going to end up being Sidney, Jalen Mills, and, and, and Darby. Um, you know, Again, we're working in a world where there's no trade here. So you have the five. I think they might keep one more, but I don't think there's any way they keep both of them. Um, even though at safety, you can make the argument, like maybe you don't need to keep four. But yeah, I think they're going to keep six. Yeah, you, you kind of just said what I was thinking. I, I Again, if, this is like a weird scenario where the season's tomorrow, but uh, I, I think... It's entirely possible they, they don't keep as many safeties, and I think they really like Killings and Basby. I know you know Basby hasn't been as consistent. This he's like 25, and he's technically like the the veteran of the group of corners, which is kind of crazy. Or not the veteran, but the oldest, I should say. And I think they like Killings quite a bit. I think he was banged up a couple of days. Uh, I think they like him quite a bit. So I, you know, I I just think corner is such a valuable position in the NFL right now, and if they're not that confident in the safeties behind Malcolm Jenkins and McLeod. I think Trey Sullivan's only been the really only been the one that's like stood out really. They could mm-hmm. sign Corey Graham, of course, and he can play corner as well. Uh, but I, I, ju- I just think, I think they like those guys more than people realize. Yeah. The only counter I would make is I think it'd be pretty easy to get DJ killings back on your practice squad. Assuming that's fair. Still has eligibility. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think six is the real question here. I think seven, you would have to not be happy with your safeties. And as you mentioned, I mean, you, maybe they do view um, Corey Graham if they bring him back as a kind of a guy that can play back and forth. But all right, true or false, and I've been waiting to talk about this guy, Donnell Pumphrey will have at least one touchdown this season. Hmm, I'll have at least one touchdown. Interesting. Um... Man, that's it's a bit, oh man, that's a tough one. I like that. I'll say, I'll say true. Ooh, uh, all right, you're, you're mark it down. He's officially on the Pumphrey bandwagon <laughs> because I said he's going to score yeah, a touchdown. He's officially on it. Go ahead. I, I mainly say that I, like it might take a while, and I don't know if I don't think he's going to get any snaps for a few weeks. But running back is a position where guys get hurt. That you know, Jay Jai has had some knee issues in the past. I don't think he's actually technically missed games in the NFL right. because of that. But he does have some knee concerns. Uh, you know, I, you know, Clement has never had like a full workload before in the NFL. At least he had he had quite a few carries in college, but it's a little different up here. And Sproles is coming off some serious injuries. As much as he's a freak of nature, he is still five foot six and thirty five years old. So it, the only reason I say yes is because I think that Pumphrey could get some touches in a game, if not an extended stretch, when a guy or two gets hurt. Not right. because I think he's going to play a lot out, out out of the out of the gate. So my one little like piece of information I've picked up that I'm going to blow way out of proportion and end up trusting too much <laughs> is Pumphrey told me that they're telling him he's going to get time at slot receiver this year. Now, I don't, that doesn't mean like he's going to replace Aguilar, but I think they mean more they're going to take him out of the backfield, line him up as a receiver, 
you know, maybe even if you have four receivers or whatever. But I think they're really going to look for ways to get him involved in the passing game. And he's looked good so far catching the ball. Again, with running backs, it's kind of hard to tell because in training camp, they're not really hitting even when they are hitting. Like Exactly, yeah. So it's hard for me to say, oh, he's making guys miss. But I do think he's been pretty elusive with the ball in his hands for what, for a given the circumstance. But I think more what it is, is if he makes the roster, Doug is so good at game playing to people's strengths. I think Pumphrey, look, he's not, I don't think he's like an amazing between the tackles running back. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you can make your number one back. But he does, without question, have some skills. And he is a fast guy. He can be elusive and he has good hands. So I think if Doug can game plan a way to get him in some space, I mean, the Eagles are going to win a lot of games here. They're probably going to blow some people out. I'm taking the over on one one or more touchdowns for Donnell Pumphrey. I just think that this he's an improved player. I don't think the Eagles want to give up on him. And I think that they're going to find a way to kind of work him into the offense. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's fair. All right. Uh, let's see. What do I go with? I'll go. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, true or false? Uh, Brandon Graham and Timmy Jernigan are not playing week one. So both of them. Um, so I get, yeah, they're both not playing. False. Because I think Brandon Graham will play in week one. Um, there was even a report, I believe, from D Gun of Comcast that he's eyeing the third preseason game. I would be surprised if that happens. He hasn't. He hasn't even practiced yet. But I think Graham will play, um, mostly because I think he'll be healthy, but also because this is a contract year for him. I mean, he needs to kind of show he's healthy. Playing 16 games is always a nice thing for an agent, people to tell a, a team that your player just did. Um, so I think it's important to him. I don't think Jernigan's going to play. Like, I know I've been kind of doing a conspiracy theory that he might, <laughs> but uh, Doug Pearson earlier this week was asked, like, do you think Jernigan's going to play a role for you guys this season? And he said... It was either I don't know or I hope so, but it was not like oh yeah he'll recover and we're really counting on him. He was pretty vague about it, so um, I don't I don't think Jernigan plays in week one, and I now do think he'll start on the pup. Yeah, it, it, he's he hasn't even been on the sideline uh, when we've been out there actually. Right, the only but, injured guy that hasn't been. Yeah, which is interesting to me, but uh, but I I say uh, what was it I said that they they both don't play. I think they that both don't I, play. As of right now, I I, I kind of think that's true. I think that. You know, Brandon Graham didn't play at all, and I know he's a veteran, and I know I think the contract year thing. I I think you could argue even a flip side of that, where he he doesn't want to rush back and hurt himself and miss more games. So if he's not ready by week one, I don't I don't I could see him wanting to sit out one more game and and playing uh, week two and the rest of the season. I, I I just think it's it's really hard to go an entire off season training camp and preseason without getting any real practice snaps and and hitting and and playing on his injured ankle which he i know he did a lot last year but it's different after surgery so i i, I think it's increasingly possible that he doesn't go week one and i don't think it's that big of a deal because of how deep they are at defensive end like michael bennett has he's been playing with the second unit quite a bit and he's kind of destroyed a lot of guys there right no i agree he's looked good um i think josh sweat lo- has looked good Obviously, when healthy, I think Graham is the best defensive end on the roster, even better than Michael Bennett at this point, and Bennett's pretty good. But, you know, your point is fair. Like, yeah, maybe you want to play, say you play 16 games, but it's more important that he ends the season healthy and that he has a good year. So, all right, I have a few more. Let me think of a good which one I want to pick. We haven't really, okay, true or false, Shelton Gibson will end up being a better NFL wide receiver than Matt Collins. I already know where you're going to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll I'll say I'll say false. Uh, okay. I, Gibson has shown quite a bit this camp, 
but this this is still camp. I mean, he struggled quite a bit last year. Maybe he has a Nelson Aguilar sort of path to him going on. But I I'm, I think I'm a little higher on Matt Collins than you are. Uh, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can talk about that in a minute. But I I just, I just think he he has some athleticism. He fast. I know he hasn't he hasn't shown that he's going to become a star or anything. And there's there's clearly the reason why they brought in all these receivers. Maybe they don't trust him quite yet. But I I, th- I think he's going to. I think he could be a pretty good player, and I'm not an entirely convinced that Shelton Gibson's going to keep this up when he's actually gets in games. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to be skeptical of Gibson. But my take on this, which is I do think he will end up being, is like I just don't see the Matt Collins hype. Like I don't get what people are so impressed with. So, again, tracking every catch in training camp, he's been thrown at 19 times. He's only caught 10 of them. That's probably... I'd have to go through every guy, but I think that's the lowest percentage of catches to targets other than Greg Ward, who's who used to be a college quarterback. Um, he's got three drops, the most on the team in training camp. And even last year, I think people wanted to be excited about him, but Torrey Smith was bad for most of the year, and Hollins really couldn't take those snaps over. Um, I know he had the long touching out against Washington, but he never really became that guy, even though the Eagles had every reason for him to become that guy with them, with them knowing they were going to move on from Torrey at the end of the year. So... I think Shelton Gibson actually, like, I don't think Matt Collins has any elite skills. And in the NFL, I'll always remember this. G. Cobb, of, you know, Gary Cobb, former Eagle player, when I was interning with him, said, when you're in the NFL to make it, you have to be elite at at least one good thing. And I don't think Hollins is elite at anything. I think Gibson has elite speed. And now you've seen where he's doing a better job catching the ball. He's making more and more plays. Um, so I think Gibson ultimately will end up being a better wide receiver than Matt Collins. I think, you know, I, I agree. I, I don't really understand. It seems like it's calmed down a little bit since he hasn't really been talked about. I don't really, I never understood the hype for Matt Collins either. But my, my, my answer more comes from the angle of I'm, I'm not quite as confident in Gibson as you are. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Look, I mean, like I said, this is more anti Hollins than it is pro Gibson. But like I said, Gibson can at least make plays behind the defense. Now, I know Hollins had that long catch last year, but I don't think it'll be something uh, he'll be able to keep up. So, We'll see, but I am just, I mean, Hollins is now going to have like nine touchdowns this year, but I am just not as big on Hollins as other people. So, all right, I believe you are up. Yeah, I'll go, uh, not not like a wild one or anything, but I'll say true or false, Destiny Vallejo is the starting defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox in week one. I'll go true, and I think that's surprising because, I mean, like, why is Lodi Nada not getting first-team snaps at training camp? I know it's early, and maybe this is an overreaction, but... I mean, this guy can't line up. Like, he's been with the team as long as the other free agents have. I know he hasn't played. and He, he missed a lot of the offseason because of uh, the injury, but learning the playbook shouldn't really impact that, his injury status, and he's a veteran. So even though he's taking 11 on 11s, he's you know taking part in almost all the drills, Destiny's still getting those reps, and I think that's weird. I think maybe Nada ends up getting, like, maybe Nada ends up getting the uh, honorary start, but I think at this point, Destiny will play more snaps in week one than Haloti Nada. Yeah. I, oh, you're, gonna say, you're saying he's going to play more snaps in week one, not even just start over him. I'll say, I'll say start just because, but I think, I mean, as you know, like with the defensive line, start. They rotate starting, a lot, yeah. It's kind of like a weird, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's about who plays the most. I think Destiny is going to have a bigger role in week one, and I'll just say he'll get the start too to go all in. Yeah. I mean, would you have. Would you have ever imagined you saying that like a month ago? Well, I never thought the Nada signing was a good one. I know, so. <laughs> but but I mean, how high were you on Destiny Vallejo before this camp, though? I didn't even think he was going to make the roster. Exactly, uh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, and he's getting so many reps. I mean, he's getting them over Qualls, 
Um, and then, I mean, outside of Qualls and Nada, there's not a ton of depth there at defensive tackle. No. But, it's kind of a problem, I think, actually. Right, but it's not like Destiny has some amazing NFL resume. I mean, no. you know, like Aziz Shitu, um, who's the mother guy, Bruce Hector, guys like that. I mean, they do have guys that they have in, have as much invested in as, as Destiny, and Destiny's beginning to snaps. But, yeah, I, I think Destiny, you know, it's hard to tell with defensive tackles, but obviously they like they seem to like what they've seen so far in camp because they haven't promoted Nada. And, uh yeah, I mean, should have should have resigned Bo Allen. I said it at the time. Say it again. <laughs> like that was a mistake. So we shall see. All right, I am up. I don't want to go with the Carson Wentz thing because we already talked about that. Um, okay, true or false? The Eagles will trade for a backup offensive lineman prior to the start of the season. Hmm. So, oh, interesting. Um, I want to say true, but I'm going to say false. Uh, as much as I'm. I think people are pretty down on Chance Warmack and Isaac Samalo, especially. Uh, on the flip side, they've become really high on Matt Pryor. I think the coaches really like him. He's impressed me quite a bit. I I think they cut Chance Warmack and I think they keep Samalo and Matt Pryor. And I, I, you're, you might call me crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Taylor Hart, even if I'm not 100 percent sure that he's that good of an <laughs> he, NFL player. Lives, they seem to they yeah. seem to irrationally love him. So he lives on. He lives on. Man, if <laughs> he, he just is, keeps living. If he is on the roster and is a healthy scratch all 16 weeks, like, I kid you not, <laughs> he should be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Like, it's unreal. <laughs> His ability to stay on this roster. And honestly, like, credit to him. Like, he tra- he moved offensive tackle. He clearly has done a good job getting there. Like, it is impressive. I mean, I know I sound like I'm mocking him, and I kind of am. But, like, it is <laughs> it, in all seriousness, like, staying around the NFL is not easy. And he's been able to do that. And especially when he hasn't even been hurt. Like, a lot of times you see these guys – get into their fourth year and it's like okay well you know he he's been hurt so maybe he still has some upside Hart's never really been hurt like i mean maybe minor injuries here or there but he has been inactive you know more games than he's played so i it's just crazy to me and maybe they will keep him i think you're right but i'm gonna go true just because i think man like isaac samalo has not played well and more than just not playing well i've only seen him get reps at center so they're not even giving him reps at guard or tackle. I think Matt Pryor at this point is definitely going to make the roster. He he's played guard. He looks like a, he looks like a player. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he he can play tackle. He played that in college. Like again, with with backup offensive linemen, the key is versatility. Taylor Hart doesn't bring that, and Chance Warmack doesn't bring that, and neither of them. I mean, like Warmack has never been a good NFL player, so it's not even like okay, well, I have it, Warmack. It's more of a Jeff Stoutland thing that he likes him a lot, kind of thing. I think. Right, and you already have a backup tackle in Vitae that can play either yeah. side. So I don't really see the the um, reason to keep Hart. I think Howie's probably itching to make a trade. I think he correctly really values offensive line. I think he, they have some tradable pieces. They have a lot of draft picks. And I think getting a guy as a backup that can maybe play multiple positions, a guy that will when picked up off- offensive quickly will be extremely helpful to this roster. So I'm going to say true. All right. You say true. All right, then I'll go. Uh, let's see. I'll I'll go in a I'll go in a similar direction. True or false? The Eagles sign a safety before the start of the season. Hmm. Okay. Well, obviously they have Jenkins and McLeod. To me, I I think Maragos is going to start the season on the pup. I've been um, thinking that too. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if like they just kept him around all year to rehab, paid him a million bucks to be like a coach, and he doesn't count against the roster. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, he was voted a team captain last year. Everyone really values him in that locker room. But I just don't think he's going to be healthy in time. He's not an amazing backup safety. And if his speed isn't the same, he might not be the same special teams guy. So I don't think he's going to count for a roster spot. Um, so you have Jenkins, McLeod. 
And then I think Trey Sullivan has been getting some he's been getting some reps in three safety sets with the first yep. team defense. I think he's looked pretty good. They like him. I mean, Ryan Neal, a guy, an undrafted free agent, they did bring him in for an official visit. I mean, he would have to have a pretty good training camp. I do think they keep four safeties. I don't think there's a clear option at fourth, assuming Maragos doesn't play. So I'm going to go ahead and say they do sign a safety, and that safety is, of course, Corey Graham. (laughs) Had they signed Graham yet at this point? Because I think it was in August last year, right? Yeah, I think it – yeah. It was definitely in August, but it was a little later than this. I think it was probably like after like August 10th. So yeah, I'll look that up after we're done. But cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there's there's a part of me that wants to say it's weird that why wouldn't they have signed me yet? But maybe he's a guy that just like just prefers to skip a bunch of practices just so he can you know rest his body or something. Yeah, and they haven't uh, given out his number 24, which he wore. Last yeah, there you year. go. That's a, a pretty desirable number. I'm sure people have asked about it. So yeah, it's a little inching they haven't done that. Yeah, I mean, I I think they do. Uh, I mean, it, it, Corey Graham makes a lot of sense. There are a couple other interesting guys because the safety market was so weird this offseason. Like, yeah. like Kenny, Kenny Vaccaro is still a free agent, and he, he has experience both at corner and safety. I think he even played more corner last year. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's like, – like you said, they, they value versatility over all other things unless you're elite at a certain skill. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I think Corey Graham obviously brings that. He played both last year, a guy like Vaccaro. You know, maybe a guy gets cut from another team and, and roster cut downs or something. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I think it makes unless they really love like Jeremy Reeves or Ryan Neal or something, uh, which I I don't know if those guys are ready to play in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, I think they signed somebody. So I guess this is the first one we agree on. All right, there we go, and that'll be the last one too. So we're done with the true and false. Before we wrap this up, any other random opinions takes you've had from the first six days that we didn't get a chance to address? You kind of touched on him a little bit, but I, I've just, I'm just like, I'm blown away at what Josh Sweat looks like. I, I just think, <laughs> All right. like, I, not, I'm not, I'm not saying he looked, he's looked like a star in when he's played, but it just physically the way he moves at that size, if he has any issues and he still moves like that, like, I think this, this, this dude might be like the steal of the this year's draft. I, they don't need him. They won't necessarily need him to play right away this season, but he might anyway if he forces his way on the field in like pa- occasional passing situations. And I just think they, they they have the future of their defensive ends in Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. And that if he if he can really prove to be like as talented as he's supposed to be, it, it becomes even increasingly less likely that they keep Brandon Graham beyond this year. Yeah, to me the thing that's wild about Josh Sweat is when you look at him, like this guy is the prototypical thing people want from their defensive ends. I mean. Long, tall, fast, really quick first step first step off the ball. It's just so wild to me he fell to the fourth round over this knee issue. Like I again, I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but the knee issue we're talking about was three years ago. And he's only missed two games since then, one of which because of health. So, you know, like you mentioned steal the draft. It's so weird to me he fell. I know his sack totals at Florida State were weren't great, but you know how people at the draft can get so wrapped up in how guys look and the physical aspect of it. I am surprised. Um, he didn't go earlier. And I agree with you. I think he's going to be a good player for them. My take, I think we didn't touch on this as much, but I think this Eagles secondary, by the end of the year, I think there's going to be an argument to be made. Maybe it's not one you would win, but an argument to be made that they have the best secondary in the NFL because they, I think they have probably one of the best set of starting safeties. I think Sidney Jones has a ton of potential. Everyone that's listened to this podcast since day one knows I'm not that big on Ronald Darby overall. But Ronald Darby does, in some ways, have no more corner potential. He is um, go, you know, entering a contract year. He's going to need to have a good season. 
So I do think that he could have a very good year. So one of my biggest takeaways that we didn't get a huge chance to talk about is just how good this this secondary has looked. Yeah, I think Jalen Mills, I, I know you always get a lot of flack when you compliment him on Twitter. I guess he's one of those. He's like a Robert Covington type around here, I guess. Yeah, but, uh, it's irrational, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's the way you phrased it, like by the end of the season, I think that's smart because I think – I still think people are getting a little ahead of themselves on Sidney Jones coming out week one and like shutting people down. I, th- I think he, it's going to be, it's it's going to be an adjustment. Like this this dude really didn't play in the NFL last year. I think he's very talented. I think by the end of the year he might be their best corner talent wise. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think at the start of the year I, I'd agree with you. But I think by the end I could definitely see a scenario where they. I don't think they're necessarily going to be the best secondary, but you know one of the five best in the NFL certainly. Yeah, I mean hey. First week, Falcons, that's a tough matchup. I mean, for Sidney yep. Jones, they're good receivers. And I love the fact we're talking matchups. It's that close. Football, I think, is less than 40 days away now from the season first, opener. First, pre, first preseason game is pretty soon. First preseason game is a week from tomorrow, which is wild, too. So we'll be plenty to talk about then. We will be back with another episode before the preseason game and then definitely one afterwards with our postgame pod that we always do. It'll be your first postgame pod. So you yeah, will get I'm to excited. see where we record in in Lincoln Financial Field. So (laughs) start getting excited. So, all right, thanks everybody for listening. As I said, we always appreciate people that subscribe. So go ahead and hit subscribe. And if you ask us a question in the comment section, we'll make sure to get to it. And Zach, I will talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. 